You're listening to the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, your host, Ben Eagle. Please remember to subscribe to the show wherever you are listening. I'm hoping it shouldn't be too it's like a mix of questions. Some of them I'll be amazed if you get because some of them are pretty random. Well, I would say Ben, I've had four long drives in the last 48 hours and I'm well and truly sick of listening sick of my to voice. the farmers podcast. <laughs> I have just about had it. I think I've got through 14 episodes in the last 2 days and I've just about had enough of it. <laughs> No Look, we're, take, we're taking this seriously, Sue. I don't know about you. You know, this is this is proper serious stuff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 225 of the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, Ben Eagle. Now, it's the final episode of the year, and that means one thing, and one thing only, it's time for our big farming quiz of the year in which we reflect back on the year's events in farming and otherwise and ask our panel of guests a few questions along the way. And if you want to play along, all the answers will be revealed at the end. Let's meet the teams. On my left, we have team captain Sue Pritchard. Uh, Sue is the CEO of the Food, Farming and Countryside Commission, and she's also a livestock farmer from South Wales. Um, Sue is joined by Ranald Angus, who has been on the show before. Uh, he farms arable crops in the very north of Scotland in Caithness, and he's also a Nuffield scholar. Ranald, how are you doing? Not too bad. All the better for being here, I'm sure. Oh, good. Well, it's good to have good to have you in Scotland represented. Um, and on my right is team captain Stuart Roberts. Stuart is an arable and livestock farmer from Hertfordshire who used to be deputy president of the NFU and now advises the Liberal Democrats on food and farming policy. And Stuart is wearing a very fetching festive hat and has quite a bit to drink as well, I think. Well, not too bad. <laughs> ben, we've got a bottle of mulled wine, and we're currently making our way through a bottle of sherry, which is going down very well. I think Sue's already finished hers, by the looks of it. Uh, and, and if we get hungry, if we need any sort of snacks, we've got some Christmas gold chocolate. So, uh, yeah, I think we're in for a good evening. And by the way, you can't quite see it, but I've got some Christmas penguins on my jumper as well. I'm enjoying uh, that. So, uh, yeah. I'm also rather jealous of the gold coins. I think they might be... Um... <laughs> There should be the prize. I'll really, send you. I'll, I'll send you some gold, Ben. I'll I'll do that first thing tomorrow morning. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, uh, Stuart's teammate. Do is, I get a point for that? Uh, no, Stuart's teammate is food and farming journalist Jess Fredenberg, who is currently based at the University of East Anglia's Tyndall Centre as a knowledge exchange research fellow called the Agri Food for Net Zero Network Plus. It is quite a mouthful. Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you. Do you like my? I've got. I just pick. I literally picked something off the Christmas tree. I've got like some Pat Butcher type earring going on. Beautiful. Um, they look really nice. Oh, really, really beautiful! Nice. Heart, a little heart, and rocking horse on my my right ear. And I actually quite, I quite like Stuart's approach to this, which sounds like bribery with gold coins. So good. Yeah. Well, look, we ain't going to win any other way, Jess. So we got okay. a alternative approach. I know. 
<laughs> I have every faith in you all. Are you all set for the quiz? I know that Stuart, you have been you've been revising. Quiz, quiz. I thought we may have just for a, I thought this was one of them Zoom Christmas parties or something. You know, the dismal work ones where you, you don't really get to meet anyone. <laughs> right. Uh rules wise, you can confer with your teammate um using the comments on Zoom. Um and I've got to actually admit as well before we started this, I should have totaled up what the maximum number of points is, but I have no idea. So we'll just see when we get to the end. As you can see, a lot of work's gone into this quiz. Um, but before uh, before we start the quiz, um, I just thought we could go around the room and just get your takes on the year so far. Um, Stuart, maybe starting with you, your, your take on 2023, that could be at home on the farm, um, it could be broader issues as well. Yeah, it, it, look, I think 2023 has been a, a strange year in, in many ways. I think for me, probably um summed up and sue and i have talked i'm gonna get serious for a sudden this isn't this isn't good but um sue and i for years have been talking about you know climate change different weather etc and i think certainly i sit here um i've actually spent the day today out in Norfolk talking to guys about wet weather talking about weather conditions talking to people who've not got any crops in the ground uh this autumn at all and i think probably the thing for me um will be this is probably the third or fourth year in a row where actually we have started to properly see the impacts of climate change you know you can't put this down now as a one-off weird year's weather um, and all of that probably illustrated in you know far farming of the future won't be necessarily the farming of the past and we're all going to have to adapt and change and um yeah that was a bit too serious ben i um another it's glass fine. of sherry have some serious on this maybe you should yeah have okay, another glass. But, right, it, but it's true though isn't it so um so let's go over to you um some of your key events take homes for you this year well i'm gonna come in on the the jolly side i completely agree with Stuart. and if i wasn't wearing a pair of comedy antlers with a bottle of mulled wine and i would be exactly saying the same thing but um there are two things this year that have actually given me a bit of hope about the future. And the first, we've been with citizens on our big citizen engagement project, talking talking to people in two places initially, but we're going to be taking it out much wider. Two places, one in Birmingham, one in Cambridgeshire, about what they really want from food, what they really care about. We hear all the time what consumers want and why we politicians and governments can't do this policy or because consumers don't want it, people, the public don't want it. So we wanted to test whether that were true. And we found the most extraordinary, generous, um, optimistic consistency amongst citizens in both of those places from all backgrounds and all sorts of life experiences who, who really value the work that farmers do, who really want to see governments and businesses offering a fair deal to farmers. And they were really clear how the kind of balance of risk and reward needs to be shared out. So that gave me huge confidence that actually when you talk to the public, when you talk to citizens, they really get the challenges of farming and the challenges of sustainable food production, and they back progressive farmers. And then the other thing that gave me huge hope, optimism, optimism and a raging hangover was... Um, the party at the at Groundswell when Andy Cato yeah. just nonchalantly did a set 
in the big tent and um Paul Cherry took pity on me me by the hand to the very very front and, uh, and I danced the night away and tragically there are in fact photos of that particular yes. evening so that cheered me up no end in what was otherwise a quite a bleak year yeah that was definitely a highlight for me <laughs> that was a, a real highlight of the year Randall <laughs> let's go over to you um highlights for you for me personally being in the north of Scotland I would say 2023 has been altogether not too bad I mean obviously it's a very circumstantial thing but uh, when you're farming, the weather is a very prevalent uh, trend. And certainly, as climate change takes a hold, uh, we are seeing more extremes. Um, 2023 was quite possibly the hottest, driest, wettest, coldest year on record. So uh, as we are seeing now, there is definitely a lot of people who have been very adversely affected by that. We, on the other hand, haven't so much this year. A lot of the very bad storms that took place uh, just short ago largely missed that. Um, and for us, we've we've had some challenging conditions, but overall it's been quite good. On the whole, I think there is room for quite a lot of optimism. I know some people will be feeling that it's uh, been a bit much, uh, you know, a series of sort of uh, impacts on them um, that has maybe led that. Uh, it's it's uh, obviously quite a difficult one to take when you keep getting hammered with uh, various challenges. But I think ultimately, going forward, the world needs farmers now probably more than it ever has done for the challenges that come. So um, looking forward to 2024 and beyond, it's a case of finding out what these opportunities are and making sure that we capitalise on, on them to the best of our ability. Absolutely. Well said. And Jez, uh, let's go to you finally before we start the first round. Um, run us through uh, your highlights, maybe from an environmental sort of um, standpoint, but yeah, what, what's been happening this year? I mean, it's interesting what everybody's saying, because in a lot of ways, the year has been, I think, incredibly frustrating um, on a political level, whether that's internationally or nationally. But at the same time, I think there's been some really... I I think it's really quite exciting stuff on a more grassroots kind of local level when we're talking about things like tackling climate change and food system transformation and there's question of like where do we go with all of this you know what how do we build a better food system and it feels like those traditional boundaries between between different types of people are starting to be crossed a little bit um, and people are starting to sort of come together and find common all of this stuff. Um, but yeah, at a national and international level, it's been a mixed, <laughs> a mixed bag. Um, you know, I mean, COP is COP twenty eight is is just coming to an end at the moment, and I'm sure we're going to talk about all that a little bit more later. So I won't go into it now. But um, there are some positives and some not so positives from all of that as well. Yeah, we we will be talking about COP. Right, I'm now going to see. Uh, how much you can remember from 2023. It's time for round one, which is the 2023 round. And listeners, please, if you are playing along, um, grab a pen and paper or your phone and um, yeah, pop the answers down and the answers will be revealed at the end. Question one. And again, you can confer between your team members using the chat. Question one. What famous tree in Northumberland was cut down this year? What famous tree in Northumberland was cut down this year? 
And there, there are two names that I'll accept for that. I mean, I know which one it is. I mean, I know I can picture it. Really, oh, write it down then. Photo, but I don't know its oh, name. <laughs> right, question two. The second series of Clarkson's Farm was released in early 2023. What is the name of this farm? What's the name of Jeremy Clarkson's farm in Oxfordshire? Question three. Which country won the Rugby World Cup this year? Can I tell you a story about the Rugby World Cup? Yeah, you can, Stuart. So my 10-year-old and 14-year-old were badgering me that they wanted to go and watch the semi-final, okay? And I thought, I can't get there. Eventually, when France went out, so it's not France either, a um, whole load of tickets appeared on the resale site. So I thought, I'm going to buy two, t- three tickets, me and my two sons, uh, and we'll drive to Paris, watch the game, drive, perfect. Okay, it wasn't going to cost me too much. It was just about affordable. They're both rugby fans who so will do it. Then uh, a mate of theirs says he's got a ticket, three rows in front of our free tickets. We travel all the way to Paris, petrol, uh, and the three lads all want to sit together, his mate and his and my two sons. So I say, I'll take the single ticket, three rows in front, and I'll sit there, right? So I sit there, two minutes before the game, no one should, I'm thinking, I'm in luck here. I've got a seat I can put my beer on. Nice and plenty of room. Perfect. Anyway, soon as the unbelievably drunk South African turns up, <laughs> within 20 minutes of the game kicking off, he is asleep and dribbling on my lap, right? <laughs> At which point I have just about lost the will to live. I turn around to my son's mate and give him the dirtiest look you've seen. Halfway through the second half, the South African wakes up and decides he's going to get through a few more beers and is asleep back on my lap by the font. The memorable game. Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I, think, I think you already right. know, Stuart. It's all right. I remember yeah. it. I'm, I'm pretty sure you know the answer to that one. Uh, question four. Who won the Great British Bake Off in 2023? Oh, well, I have boycotted that ever since it left the BBC, so I do not know. Who won the Great British Bake Off in 2023? I'm going to go through the next oh two goodness, quite quickly. Question five. In July, which historical European city announced a ban on wheeled suitcases because of the noise they made? In July, which historical European city announced a ban on wheeled suitcases because of the noise they made? And I'll give you a clue. It's in the Balkans. And question six, according to Baby Centre, what was the most popular girl's name in the UK in 2023? Be very impressed if you get that. According to Baby Centre, what was the most popular girl's name in the UK in 2023? And that is the end of the 2023 round. Are there any questions that anyone wants repeating? This episode is being supported by our primary sponsor, Howden Rural, which is the new name for Aplan Rural. The Howden team shares my passion for giving a voice to farmers, and we have both driven to raise the profile of farming voices to a wider audience. Howden Rural do a lot of work on social media themselves, sharing farming accounts and farming stories. They have a rural community blog which shares farmers' experiences 
and they also support a growing number of initiatives that champion UK farmers, including this podcast. So a big thank you to Howden Rural for supporting Meet the Farmers. I think we've done all right there, Jess. Feeling confident. Oh, good. Good. Right. Let's uh, let's widen this out uh, before the next round. Um, and I'm going to turn to Jez on this. So 2023 is set to be the warmest year on record globally. Ranald's um, insinuated to this earlier. And more than 160 countries were represented at COP in Dubai this year. Um, so, Jez, I just wondered if you could give us your reflections on on this, maybe on COP in particular, and uh, maybe whether there's been anything of note with regards to food and farming, why uh, why food and farming should matter when it comes to climate. Yeah, so, um, yes, Reynolds, Reynolds right that this, this year is, is, is one of the, the warmest on record. And in fact, um, the EU's Climate Observatory has recently said that certainty now that 2023 will be the warmest year on record um, and that, that it's currently like going to be 1.43 degrees above the pre-industrial age. So we're very near reaching um, that kind of critical 1.5 degree threshold that so it was enshrined in the Paris agreement in 2015 that you know all countries agreed that we shouldn't get to 1.5 degrees of warming so we're kind of very near reaching that now which is worrying um and actually just before cop took uh you know just before cop cop began um in dubai the un warned that we might reach three degrees of warming this century if the world kind of continues along its trajectory in terms of gas emissions, meaning our very inadequate plans to reduce emissions. So even with the forgots currently, we would warm by three degrees this century. And it kind of almost sounds like a far off thing, but it's really not when you actually think about it. Someone born today would be 77 um, by the end of the century. And, you know, there's three degrees of warming um, is not necessarily going to happen then so you know somebody born today you know if we carry on as we are most likely going to experience that and I think um if we were going to carry on in that way then potentially people in their 40s now 40s and younger might well see something like that in you know in their lifetimes um so I'm definitely thinking to learn how to grow vegetables under extreme conditions yeah so cop COP this year, it's, it's obviously been in Dubai, which has been quite controversial, big oil-producing state, and the president of COP28 is also um, pretty big in the oil industry. They've they just sort of working on the final the final text at the moment and still all being looked over in detail. And there's going to be, you know, a few people are going to be staying around, a few people are going to be staying around for a few more days to try and, like, thrash things out a little bit more. Um, but the overwhelming reaction so far has been quite negative to the new draft text. Basically, um, it mentions action on fossil fuels as an option rather than a requirement, um, as a reduction rather than a phase out of fossil fuels, so, which is what you know everyone was trying to push for. So that's quite a big difference, obviously. There are some positives to have come from it. For the first time in history, food and farming... Um, is going to be included in any agreements going forward in the sense that when nation states 
piece of this text, they also, by, by signing the text, they also agree to putting in place national plans of action um, where they say what they will do to reduce emissions and uh, you know, combat climate change. And this is the first time in history that food and farming as a sector has been put within those, um, those national plans of action. So at the moment, it's all quite vague. There are no specifics. Um, but the fact that it's happened at all is quite historic. Um, and I guess I guess the big thing will be whether, you know, maybe next year and in the coming years, can we kind of build on that? And, you know, next COPs, can we become more more specific? Yes. Uh, Ronald, only because I, I know you have an interest in this and I know your Nuffield was on carbon. <laughs> As a farmer, do you, do you think we're moving fast enough? Um, probably not, Ben. I mean, Certainly for me, I attended uh, COP26 in Glasgow, 2021, that took place two years ago. And there was a real sort of sense that we were going to move forward on things and there was going to be uh, some sort of reasonable change around it. They all hail the Paris Accord as the real sort of game changer that everybody came to the table and decided that they needed to act. And certainly when I was in Glasgow and speaking to people, there was a bit of hype about things that, you know, was going to happen type of thing. However, uh, fast forward then uh, about six months and we were faced with the war in Ukraine where you had, you know, a massive sort of change in the mindset of just having resources, be it fossil fuels or grain or fertiliser or whatever it was, just simply a survival instinct, I guess, to, to just procure any form of energy at any cost. And that has ultimately, I think, uh, still filtered through now where, you know, the environmental thing is maybe slowly coming back. But again, you know, if we face, which I think is going to happen fairly soon, that you will start to see um, economically uh, a lot of these big countries, the like of us, United States, Europe, all these sort of developed uh, countries, if their economies start to see a little bit of a, a dip, which is, I think, on the horizon, um, then again, that's another pushback on actually trying to do something meaningful for climate. But, I mean, ultimately, we have to fix the problem. Kicking the can down the road just means that it becomes a harder task to try and grasp when we do get further down the road. Um, but it is possible, as we saw in the response to COVID, that when we really put our minds to it, we can come up with a solution. However, I don't think at this moment in time, even with what you're seeing on the TV and what is happening around the world and what people are seeing and experiencing, it's still not enough to actually get people to think, right, we actually need to do something about this. And until we reach that crossroads that people actually feel directly impacted by it that's the only time i think when there'll be enough sort of societal pressure on governments and on business to really do something and i think with what we've been through we're not at that point yet we've never even gone slightly back and uh, maybe sort of two steps forwards and one step back if you like com compared to where we maybe were a few years ago Meet the Farmers is brought to you by Rural Pod Media, the only podcast production agency to specialise in the rural sector. We're on a mission to make rural stories mainstream and help businesses, organisations and communities like you 
tell your story through podcasting. Podcasting is a fantastic way of connecting with your audience, whoever that might be, getting your message out there and networking with leaders in your niche. Rural Pod Media can help you by launching your new podcast or helping you with the technical side. We also provide podcast training and an audit service if you already have a podcast you're not sure where to take it to next. For more information or to book a call, visit ruralpodmedia.co.uk. That's ruralpodmedia.co.uk. Um, let's um, let's lighten the mood a bit uh, with another round. Um, yeah, the listeners round is round two, um, which is pretty much the farming round. These are all farming related questions. And thank you very much to everyone who sent in a question. The first is from Mr. Russ Carrington. I've got to give a shout out to because he was the most listened to episode this year. Um, thank you, everyone who listened to Russ's episode. Uh, so the question is, Russ's question is, love it or hate it? The European Common Agricultural Policy has and will continue to have a large bearing on British agriculture. But when was it first launched? A, 1962, B, 1975, or C, 1985? Question eight, and this is from Millie Fife. Which cattle breed holds the record for the oldest herd book registration? And that's one point for the breed, and one point, if anyone knows it, for the name of the herd book. Question nine. The average, and this is from Mark Jagger, uh, the average feed conversion ratio of a pig, according to AHDB pork, uh, from seven to 110 kilos is 2.41. Very technical here. How many kilos of food does the pig eat? And the nearest will get the point. So you don't have to be exact. It'll just be the nearest team will get the point. I'd be very impressed if you get it exact. Uh, question 10. Can I use a calculator? You can use a calculator. Yeah, that's fine. Um, question 10, which is from Joe Stanley. What percentage of UK greenhouse gases comes from agriculture, according to the most recent data from the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy? I'm not sure whether that department actually exists anymore. Anyway. Is um, that again? What percentage of UK greenhouse gases comes from agriculture, according to the most recent data from BEIS? And the nearest will get the point. And the last one in this section, which is from Tom Carlyle, how many stomachs does a cow have? And for four bonus points, name them. Oh! So here's, oh. A, here's a chance to get some points. Grant. Um, we had a question about the EU um, in that one. Um, and even though we're out of the EU, uh, there is there is a lot going on over in Europe. And one thing that has been in the news recently is that, because quite a lot of disagreement, the European Commission recently announced that it is approving the use of glyphosate across the EU for another 10 years um, after member states failed to reach an agreement. Um Sue, I'm going to turn to you on this. What, what does this mean for ag for the next decade, do you think? Mm. I, so I, think I think this is a really knotty problem, a really knotty problem. I, so, some of the um, really interesting work that the Regen, No-Till, Min-Till br- Brigade are doing at the moment 
relies on glyphosate. But the evidence for quite detrimental impacts for glyphosate is is increasing. It's, it's, it's a really, really tricky one. I don't think we're going to be able to put off pondering the serious consequences of continuing to use those chemicals across the farm landscape and across across food food crops. I, I'm an organic farmer and I kind of have already made the personal choice to avoid using those kinds of chemicals. I think I mean, you can tell, can't you, by my response that I, I find this one really, really tough. It's It's the solution that's not going to be a solution for very much longer. And we're going to have to lean in, um, whether or not Europe does it. Uh, we're going to have to lean in to thinking about um, alternatives to spraying crops with a chemical whose properties are starting to become even more seriously questioned. Stuart, I'm going to go to you. I mean, you must have engaged with this issue a lot over time with your various hats on. Um, what's your take on it at the moment? Sorry, I was just texting Jez about the average weight of a pig in the UK. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what was the question again? Glyphosate. Yeah, your, uh, your take on glyphosate at the moment. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd build it. So first of all, I think it was absolutely the right, sensible decision. Um, and I think for me, I, I, I listened very carefully too on some of this stuff as well. Um, but So I'm an organic farmer, but I'm actually personally at the moment considering whether I should stay organic. Because actually, I think uh i'm starting to be sustainable by uh by taking the best of uh, uh organic system but also the best of a conventional system and when i see what what some of the these guys are doing around uh new tillage techniques etc um i can't do that on my farm i'm not a good enough farmer but actually so therefore my plow uh, whereas actually i'm starting to question whether i would more sensibly glyphosate yet less plow and which of those two is more sustainable but ultimately um we do need to be led by science on these things and i think glyphosate unfortunately has too often been hijacked by um either by uh, groups that have their own vested interests or those that just seem to have a passionate hatred of big agrochemical firms and therefore actually have picked on glyphosate because it's an easy thing to to pick on. I think also um, when I was over in the States last, which was just before lockdown, and I see a two-hour programme which is basically designed at uh, by lawyers to get people to join a class action against Monsanto and glyphosate. The whole thing is now not about science. It's it's unfortunately about money. Um, so personally speaking, I think the decision was the right decision. Um, but I also think uh, where I I slightly worry is is actually just because we've had it reapproved for the period we have. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be looking at alternatives. I, I think about um, ammonium nitrate, for example, which is another really good example. Somebody said to me the other day, the best thing, so ammonium nitrate, the Harbour Bosch process has arguably been one of the miracles of, of mankind. Um, it has let us feed the population that's grown over the last 50 years. It's been absolutely fantastic. And it, it, without it, starvation around the world would, would, would be horrendous. And, and we would have seen things that, that none of us on this call can even imagine. But actually, what we should have done is the minute we invented the Harbour Bosch process, we should have been putting research money into how do we not need the Harbour Bosch process in future? <laughs> um, and to some extent, actually, 
getting you know 10 years 10 additional years for glyphosate is really really good as i see it for two reasons one is we need it i actually think it's an important chemical in agriculture but what it also does is it buys period of time to which you can then work up systems where you can use less of it or you don't need it and i think too often what we've done and and i was talking to somebody earlier today about this we're really good at kicking cans down the road or burying things in the long grass. And actually what we need to do is not just use the 10 years to our laurels and think how in 10 years time will we argue for another 10 years. We actually use a period of time to think about what are the alternatives so that actually we can all benefit from a more sustainable system going forward. Sorry, I didn't listen to the question, but I think that was the one, wasn't it, Ben? I think so. I, I can't remember now. I can't remember us yet. Anyway, well, we're, we're going to get. And I've remembered. I've just Thank remembered. I've, rem I've remembered some of the names of the stomachs as well. Actually, whilst doing. <laughs> it. Oh, that's the real reason you went to. Okay. Yeah, if I if I can, look, I, you know me, Ben. We've done enough podcasts over the years. I can talk for hours, right? Now all I am doing is spending that time to then figure out the answers to questions you asked me ten minutes ago. In that case, we should move on to the next round. I think. The next round is the podcast round. And this one, I mean, Stuart will definitely get this and some, I think. But uh, question 12 is name three guests who have appeared on the Meet the Farmers podcast this year. Any three guests at all. Question 13. Which former radio DJ and Surrey farmer appeared on Meet the Farmers this year? Which former radio DJ? And Surrey Farmer appeared on Meet the Farmers this year. Question 14. Name any agricultural event that was featured on the podcast this year. Any agricultural event. Question 15. Suffolk Farmer and former barrister Sarah Langford featured on Meet the Farmers in February this year. But what is the title of her recent book? Suffolk farmer and former barrister Sarah Langford featured on Meet the Farmers in February this year. But what is the title of her recent book? And that is the end of the podcast round. I like that round. Yeah. Stuart yeah. would have done well there. Not That's you, when yeah. all those so, so... hours and hours of listening came into fruition. Just a little more about our primary sponsor, Howden Rural, which is the new name for A-Plan Rural. Same people, different name. Howden Rural provide bespoke insurance cover for farms and estates. This could be for anything from tractors and machinery to a new exciting diversification venture. So for more information, visit howdeninsurance.co.uk forward slash rural. Um, start to round this up, being a sort of optimistic, I suppose. And I'm going to ask you all this. Can you give me one thing that you're hopeful for for next year? Sue? Mm, good question. Good question. Well, we're going to have an election this year, one way or another. It might be in May. It might be in October. And one of the things that I'm feeling more hopeful about, that the work that lots of us are doing now, lots of us on this call this podcast as well as loads and loads of other people that farming and food is going to rise up the political agenda and we may well have uh, an incoming government 
with an appetite to start to tackle those big food systems issues that are so central to so many other policy objectives, so many other policy intentions like, you know, food resilience, food security, like health, like land use, like farming livelihoods, like action on climate, action on nature, trade policy, our place in the world. And I'm starting to feel that we've got, um, starting to see some traction amongst the, the, the sensible politicians that it is now high time to start to to start to act on on those things. So I suppose that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm focusing on. Twenty four. Yes. What are you hoping for? Well, much like Sue, really. I mean, I am really, really wanting a change in government. I think the state has really got very bad. Um, just today, there was a report out saying that. You know, in the UK, we're we're on the edge of ending up a sort of Dickensian sort of situation um, with Victorian era levels of poverty and inequality, which is just frankly, it's just shameful. <laughs> Say it like it is. You know, it's just shameful. And you know, alongside all of that, we've had you know, our Prime Minister rolling back on net zero commitments. Try, you know, sort of saying that it's all about sort of cost of living crisis, but really when you actually ask people um like C was saying earlier you know when you actually ask um ordinary people away from the Westminster bubble people are actually really want government to take leadership on all of this kind of stuff on climate change and things like taking action on net zero like insulating houses things like that will actually uh, you know, positively impact people dealing with the cost of living crisis the most. So it's completely fictitious to kind of <laughs> blame it on yeah. on people. Um, you know, at the same time, another thing we've not talked about um, this in, in terms of big headlines this year was all the stuff around river pollution. You know, it's, it's just been awful. It's been really shocking and yeah. like upsetting, actually. I think for a lot of people in this mm-hmm. country. It's just time and time and time again, this lot just seemed to, I feel, just take a wrecking ball to our country with, and just, they just don't care, frankly, I don't think. So I'm really hopeful (laughs) that they are booted out and, you know, and we end up with, like Sue was saying, you know, whoever it is, maybe it's a a collection, I don't know, of, of different, maybe it's a hung parliament, I don't know what it will be, but, um, some politicians who have some, serious guts um and can look beyond the Westminster bubble and actually sort of you know show some leadership that I think most people really want now okay two political hopes Ronald what are you hoping for and that could be big picture it could be on the phone you want a controversial answer Ben I always want a controversial answer go for it Ronald Right, we'll go for Scotland winning the Euros in 2024, <laughs> and oh, uh, on, the, on the on the theme of your your question earlier, we'll see that the 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 reapproval of Roundup in the or glyphosate in the UK. For me personally, I think it's a bit of a win for common sense that it's been reapproved, because the thing is, Sue's probably right. Like the direction that we're travelling in the future as farmers is definitely going to be one where we have less answers that come from cans and bags. But the problem is, until we have a solution that is there, that is ready to use, I think we have to use a chemical that is proved to be quite a safe, 
chemical. I mean, the reason everybody's up in arms about it is because the World Health Organization, their cancer research agency in 2015, said it was a carcinogen, which it is, but it's the same level of carcinogen as sunlight. So uh, there is an argument for using it. Um, and also, you have to, I think, look at this. It's a good example about a lot of things that are happening in farming right now. So there's a lot of things that, you know, be it, uh, you know, GMO things or uh, things of, or that nature, organic farming, they kind of fall into a bit of a kind of lifestyle category, as in some of them, there's not much fact about whether it's good or it's bad. But the fact is, people don't want it. So if people say they don't want it, we as farmers have to listen to their message, you know, and understand why they don't want it. You know, there's lots of things that are factual. Um, you know, if you have nitrates going into groundwater and things like that, as Jay's is suggesting, or if we uh, are decreasing the humus in our soils, that's a fact. It's bad for 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 the climate and things like this. So, you know, I think at the moment there's a lot of pressure to try and ban things very quickly without actually understanding why it is that we're we we need to ban them or why you know what pressure is causing this to to come about. And uh, you know, up here in, in the north of Scotland or over a lot of Scotland this year, uh, there was a lot of crops that went in the spring very late, and it meant that harvest was delayed. And there would be a lot of crops in Scotland that if you know, if 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 the the solution of using Roundup as can wasn't available, uh, there would be a lot of crops that were just simply written off, and that would have a quite a big um, environmental uh, thing to go with it. We have to kind of take uh, a sort of pragmatic view of things. I mean, yes, uh, like any chemical, you probably don't want to use it as much for the cost as for anything else. You know, we have to have a sort of tried and tested method uh, and very much like Stuart's predicament, you know, what what do we do if we don't have these things? Because there's a lot of farming in the world and, you know, they're using it purely because the no-till thing allows them to avoid soil erosion and the like. You know, how, how would we go about farming these places, you know, because they simply don't lend themselves to ploughing. You know, a lot of the UK does lend itself to that type of agricultural practice, but there's there's lots of things in farming that fall into this category of, you know, sort of getting a bit of pressure, but at the same time, there's not really a proper solution as to how, how we move forward. And perhaps in 2024, uh, we'll maybe start to see a bit of a progression uh, to get in some answers in some of these issues, um, because ultimately, as farmers, we would all like to uh, progress and move forward and, uh, you know, find better ways of doing things. But uh, unfortunately, there's no one-size-fits-all answer with a lot of these things. Thanks, Ronald. And uh, just before we go to the final round, uh, Stuart will give you a word on this. Perhaps with a farming slant, maybe what's going to be making the farming headlines next year, but what are you hoping for? No, I was going to go for two non-farming ones. I'll start with them and then I'll give you a farming one as well. So there's always a danger. When Janice and I um, end up on a Zoom call, we... Um, 
we somewhat reinforce each other's political views, I think is the case. So I'm absolutely with Jez getting rid of, of what I think is the worst government I've seen in my lifetime is definitely high up there. The other thing I would really like to see, um, and I fear I won't see it actually in the next year, is um, I'd love to, to not see Donald Trump be the Republican presidential candidate. I suspect I will be wrong on that one. Um, but I think that's what I'd like to, to not see. Um, maybe I might see a new job for myself, but we'll um, we'll just leave that hanging there because um, I, I, I who knows what the next 12 months hold for me. Uh, and I fancy doing a couple of marathons. I'm actually planning on doing two marathons in in 24, uh, which would be quite interesting. From a from a farming perspective, what I would really like to see is I would like to see um, people stopping um, jumping on religious bandwagons. Um, you know, and it doesn't matter whether that is and 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 Ranald started some of this a minute ago, and I think he's absolutely right. We've got some brilliant farmers in this country. We've got, I genuinely believe we've got some of the best farmers in the world in the UK. Some of them are organic. Some of them define themselves as regenerative. Some of them define themselves as conventional. Some of them define themselves in all sorts of weird and wonderful ways. And I get fed up with people trying to part themselves in boxes. And actually what we need to do is we need to do what I think actually we started to see um i did one of the panels at groundswell it was fantastic um uh, at one point richard benyon who is a, a certainly a conservative minister i have quite a lot of time for actually uh did try to describe himself as the owner of englefield which is an average farm um to which i pointed out if englefield is an average farm um then uh, my farm is in the bottom one percent but the reality is i thought at groundswell this year actually we started to see lots of different groups coming together so it isn't organic versus conventional regenerative versus the chemical can etc and uh, and i think actually farming is always much worse off um when we all try to park ourselves in different camps and what we don't do is we don't come together and celebrate what we can all bring to the best food producers in the world the most sustainable environmentalists in the world uh and definitely the best farmers that have ever inhabited this planet that's brilliant Stuart. and it's one thing that we definitely try to do on this podcast all farmers all types everyone has a voice let's hear them all it's time for the final round which is as always general knowledge everyone's favorite round right each one's yours jez right <laughs> hey what Stuart? that was quite a good summary there you could nearly even say that your your uh, your mission for 2024 could be to make agriculture great again <laughs> there you go i could even get some red caps made and and put it on the front couldn't i there An you go red cap well i'm ho- i'm hoping um i'm hoping there'll be a whole load of make america great caps floating around with no home to go to so maybe if we just make them you know m a g then we can have them ourselves and as you say let's make agriculture great question 16 what is the largest organ in the human body what is the largest organ in the human body question 17 history one here in which year did the titanic sink and the nearest will get the point in which year did this did the titanic sink nearest gets the point question 18 what is the capital city of poland and question 19 is a film one 
who directed the film Avatar? Those are your four random general knowledge questions. What do we think of those? Some and some. Yeah. Well, good. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Oh, Sue, Sue liked those. Sue liked those. We're just communing in the chat and things that I'm not sure about. Okay. Ronald is sure about, so that's very good. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Like, what's a millionaire? I'm going to have to give a sort of impromptu call. <laughs> right, we're going to go through the answers. Oh. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, can I have the answer to question one, which is what famous tree in Northumberland was cut down this year? Do I get a bonus point for drawing? Oh, nice. <laughs> I like I like the fact that you've you've written and drawn things. Very no sweet. no bonus point. Oh, okay, for I've had, goodness I've sake! Sue's, I've had Sue's answer through. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Come on, Stuart. Yeah, you've both got a point it's the sycamore gap tree anyone robin playing hood. along at home um i would also accept the robin hood tree that's also oh, allowed the sycamore gap tree or the robin hood tree question two the second series of clarkson's farm was released in early 2023 what is the name of the farm yep a point for both that's diddly squat farm uh question three which country won the rugby world cup in 2023 answers please Yes, Sue's, uh, Stuart's right. And Sue's right as well. It is South Africa who beat New Zealand 12-11. A really good game. Number four, who won the Great British Bake Off in 2023? Well, I struggled with this, but I drew some cakes. So you got a wedding cake. I drew your Again, birthday no, cake. No and, and points for drawings. I drew a chocolate log as well. Oh, my God. Ben, you have to give Stuart bonus points. Look at his effort. No, no, I'm really oh. pleased with that. See, well, on, Stuart, I'm going to give you both. I'm going to give you both half a point because what? you both said Matt. Yeah, but I drew a chocolate log and a wedding cake as well. No, half a point. No charade, Stuart. Come on, now it's a quiz. You both said Matt. It was Matty. Yeah, Matty Edgel. Oh, I couldn't remember his bloody surname. Oh. No. oh. Question five. In July, was... which historical European city announced a oh, ban no, on wheeled suitcases? Because of the noise they made, right? I am not going to spell this right. Okay, you don't need you don't need to spell it right. It's fine. Oh, I'm I'm look I'm blaming Ronald now Stuart because I was going to go somewhere else, but oh, Sue and Ronald said Prague. It's actually Dubrovnik. That is oh, good knowledge, Stuart. And that Jess. wasn't my wasn't my well alternative. Done. So no, no, <laughs> it's Dubrovnik. And question six, according to Baby Centre, what was the most popular girl's name in the UK in 2023? I'm just making a stab at this. Yeah, we just had a guess at this. My knowledge is um, about five years old. Well, you've old, actually but... both said Olivia, which is really interesting. Um, it was actually Lily. So no. Oh, please. no. Lily was My the most popular girl's name. middle name is Lily. I'm pretty sure Olivia did feature in the top five, but it was Lily. Uh, the listeners round. Question seven, love it or hate it, the European Common Agricultural Policy has and will continue to have a large bearing on British agriculture. But when was it first launched? Which year was it first launched? So A, 1962. The, the you, you mean the original launch, not any of its... Not, uh, not it's getting technical now. It's getting technical. But the... So, got both your answers. You're both correct. It was 1962. But it was first proposed in 1957 as part of the Treaty of Rome. Treaty but it was 1962. 
the cattle breed that holds the record for the oldest herd book, herd book registration. So this is a complete... Yeah. And you get a well, point going... for the breed. So I'm, di- I'm disagreeing with Ronald, but just because... If we've got it wrong, can I tell you what the alternative was? Because we had an argument over this one. Yeah, okay, we're having so an I'll... argument. So Stuart and Jez have said Hereford, and Sue and I... Ronald have said White Park. I've got and my, and my alternative was yeah. Shorthorn. Oh no! Well, it was Shorthorn. Shorthorn oh, was the answer. Yeah, and it's point, the Pope's herd book. Come on! No, no, no! It's, 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 no you're not allowing that. Wasn't the actual one you put down? <laughs> so mean. Okay, the maths question that everyone oh. loved from Mark Jagger. Uh, the average feed conversion ratio of a pig, 7 to 110 kilos, is 2.41. How many kilos of food does the pig eat? I'm going to go okay. with this one, just because I think the answer is a trick. Was, was Ronald's 265.1? Is Ronald's 265.1? He says, Ben, that's my maths. Yes. Okay, so Ronald is the nearest. Um, so Sue, Sue and Ronald get the point. Um, it's 275. Oh, my Lord, how? Me. How? Good math. Well, it's quite simple. You've got this pig and it's weighing 110 kilos. So if you multiply it up by your feed conversion factor of 2.41 or whatever it was, that's the rough numbers you get then. But then, yeah. obviously, at seven kilos and below, the feed conversion will be lower. But I don't know what that is. So that's my yeah, guess. But I, I, I took it. A- I took a different interpretation. So mine was it's the category of seven to 110 kilos. The uh, average the average dead weight of a UK pig is yep. 60 kilos. 60 times 2.41 yep. is my answer. Okay, Uh-oh. I like that. This has suddenly turned well, into I countdown. Think, but... I think AHDB need to give us a clarification on this. Stomachs, Ronald. Stomachs. I've only got two. Hang on, hang on. We've got got Joe's question first, which is what percentage of UK greenhouse gases comes from agriculture, according to the most recent data from BEIS? I think it might be about... Oh, yeah. Stuart and Jez are bang on, which is a good thing for Jez. Um, It's 11%. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Sue and and, uh, Ronald said 12. So uh, Jez and Stuart points uh the stomachs now now's the opportunity for lots of points there's five points available so how many stomachs does a cow have first of all and can you name them and i've got to write these down i i i i I will have a stab at it being i'm just trying to type it here but if no i'll I'll, I'll, I'll i can't remember the fourth one stuart and jez get four points oh that's all right oh well done stuart and sue and ranald Get five points. Mm. Very good. What's the fifth So one? they are the rumen, the reticulum, the omasum, yeah. and the abomasum. Or abomasum. Um, oh, my yeah. God. It's I'm very close, guys. This is good. Although, did you get them Yeah, up? if you'd you... given me that bonus point for my chocolate log, oh, we'd he was be good. Yeah, I, I just, didn't. I didn't. It was fantastic. Ronald was got good, them though. all without me making a faff about it. He was just quietly, calmly typing them into the chat. Question 12, we're on to the podcast round. Name three guests, any three guests who've appeared on the Meet the I'm Farmers writing my favourite ones, This actually. year. Nice. Yep. Stuart, my get, Stuart and Jez get three points. Oh, brilliant. Three points all round. Um, question 13, which former radio DJ and Surrey farmer appeared on Meet the Farmers this year? Got that one. 
Yep, that's points all round. Hugh Broom. Uh, name any agricultural event that was featured on Meet the Farmers this year. That's question 14. We went for this. Well, we went, we could have picked a few, but let's go for this one. Although I should say, oh, this nice. One as well. I like that, Sue. Yeah. So Sue and Randall have said Open Farm Sunday. Annabelle Shackleton came on for that. Um, mm-hmm. And Oxford Real Farming Conference. Yes, that's Which fine. Which Sue well. Pritchard came on for. Oh, there we are. Yes, you did. You actually did. Yes, Sue, Sue was a guest. This in a year. corridor, probably. Uh, the Suffolk farmer and former barrister, um, Sarah Langford, what is her book? Rooted Stories of Life, Land, and a Farming Revolution. Yeah, yeah, they're all on. Um, and the general knowledge round the largest organ in the human body is oh, okay. So Sue and Ranald got my answer, which is skin, which is the correct answer. Uh, it's not intestines. Uh, <laughs> see, I I think this is incorrect because I mean I feel like we've all heard those um those facts and you know, something like if you were to unravel the human intestines, they would cover the organ intestine's not an organ. Of course it is. Why is it then if it's not an organ? Proof of proof is needed, Jays, that you can't always go with your gut. Oh, nice one. <laughs> like it. Question 17. The year that Titanic sank. When did the Titanic sink? I'm definitely, I got this the one. The nearest we'll get luckily, the answer. Luckily. Oh, my goodness. You both, you're both bang right. on. 1912. Yes. Very good. And capital city of Warsaw. Uh, oh, no, you said it there. <laughs> capital city of Poland. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, you both got there first. It is Warsaw. And finally, the director of Avatar. Oh, again, thanks to the young folk for this one. Yeah, very good. Points all round. James Cameron. I think you've both done really well. Both teams have done really well in this quiz. Um, I'm just going to talk between between yourselves. Um, I'm just going to toss up. If we haven't won this... Because of that yeah, chocolate well, lot. If you have money, I'm going to be calling it. Swizz. Uh, I'm going to be this, calling this Inside is... Swizziness. So, I did some basic maths and totaled up the scores that I've been noting down as we've gone along. I announced the winner as Stuart and Jez, who were, of course, overjoyed for winning the most important end of year farming podcast quiz in the world. Why wouldn't they be? But Almost straight away after announcing the result, something didn't feel quite right. My gut was telling me something was wrong. So while Stuart and Jez were cracking open the champagne and Sue and Ranald were wiping the tears away, I went back to the team's answers and did a recount. What I discovered wasn't exactly ideal. Oh, well. oh my goodness, guys. Hang on. I've just done, I've just done a recount. I'm going to have to blame my maths. Hang on. Whoa. Steward's inquiry. Oh. Yeah. No, the result has been announced. What? I knew it. I don't believe this. Oh Ben. I've just I've just cocked everything up. What have you done? <laughs> I actually have. I've been an idiot and I've, I've put uh, extra points on. Oh, yeah, well that's for my chocolate mark, which us. is fair enough. So we we have we have a we have a different result. That's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Outrageous, Benjamin. It already called the result. <laughs> I can't believe it. What's a joke? 
I'm very sorry, guys. Yeah. That is just that is just oh shocking. That is Ben. Yeah. That is that, that is fantastic. That's going on my feed right now in, in, a, in a whole cliffhanger. I, 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 I'm speechless. In my defence, okay, it had been a very long day, and I was quite a few glasses of mulled wine in at this point. But still, I don't think I'm ever going to forgive myself for this. And I'm pretty sure that it'll take a long time for Stuart and Jez to forgive me if they ever do. What a way to end the year. Anyway, always trying to be the professional, at least so I thought, I somehow got my composure back enough to do the outro. Anyway, a huge thank you to all my guests today for coming on the show. That is it uh, for the podcast this year. That is it for Meet the Farmers. Uh, We'll be back following the Oxford conferences in the new year as I'm taking a few weeks off now. Um, All that's to be said is a huge thank you to our primary podcast sponsor for this year, Howden Rural Insurance, who started supporting the show this year. To all the guests who have spoken to me this year, and of course to you amazing listeners, um, I can't tell you how much it means um, to me that you continue to listen (laughs) week in, week out. Um, And if you can do one thing, um, it would mean a huge amount to me for Christmas. It would make my Christmas. Please, if you don't already, subscribe to the show, put a comment wherever you're listening, and even better, if you're feeling really generous, post about the show on your social media. Tag us at MTF Podcast. But yeah, uh, the biggest thanks, though, for me uh, right now, go to our panellists, Stuart Roberts, Jez Fredenberg, Sue Pritchard, and Ranald Angus. For now, though, thank you very much for listening. It's goodbye from all of us here, and I hope you'll have a great Christmas. I'm wishing you all the best for 2024. I'll see you in January. The stewards inquiry on this is going to be like the COVID inquiry. You're absolutely right. It's just going to be a whitewash. (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. It was good fun. Good fun. Cheers, all. Happy Christmas. Bye. Bye, all. Bye.